What is going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of Barely Allen's Comic Book Cove. My name is Barely Allen, and welcome to the Cove. As you know, in this show, we deep dive into nerd cultures because nerd cultures in general are just so fascinating to me. I love every... I love every facet of nerd culture. I can't enjoy them enough. And what what better way than to submerge myself into them and do it with all of you lovely people getting to listen to it. Um, so without further ado, we actually have a couple of announcements first. So we're going to jump into that nitty gritty and then we're going to hop into the regular podcast. So just bear with me. Listen, it 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 involves you. I promise. Every other episode now will be a Power Rangers episode. So I'll be doing the Power Rangers episodes every other day, and then on those off days, I'll be doing episodes about other things. Uh, trying to you know just diverse, give a diverse selection and diversify what my podcast ends up being. So every other day will be the Power Rangers episode, and on those off days, it'll be about something different. Like tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be about Umbrella Academy. So that's the first big thing. And the second big thing is I'm going to start doing movie commentaries. Uh, So there's going to start being some episodes that are way longer that are my movie commentary tracks, just me watching a movie that I've seen and kind of giving some fun facts about it and talking about it because why not right i've i've always loved movie commentary tracks i like uh listening to them i love random fun facts about movies and i enjoy researching movies so might as well capitalize that on that in some form and bring it to you guys because you have the patience to listen to me anyway so might as well make it a little bit more fun Anyways, that is the difficult stuff, so without further ado, let's get into the show. So, Power Rangers Time Force. Um, Quick little reminder, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue ended with um, the Rangers defeating Queen Banshira, well, Diabolico really doing it, he showed up to save the... Lightspeed Rescue Rangers and make sure that Banshira was defeated. And then at the end of the series, the Rangers gave up their powers and then kind of didn't, you know, it was left open, especially with it being uh, something that's awarded by this Lightspeed Rescue, you know, um, organization. So basically assuming that they still get to do their shit. And that's kind of where we leave off for that one. And that brings us into Power Rangers Time Force. Anyone who knows anything about me knows that I am absolutely in love with time travel stuff. Absolutely. The Flash is my favorite superhero. Flashpoint Paradox is one of my favorite comic books all about time travel. Back to the Future, one of my favorite movies ever since I've been a kid. 12 Monkeys, a really good series that I absolutely love. Bill and Ted, ugh. I, the, the list goes on and on and on. But I am, I am nuts about time travel stuff. 
So, as you know, if you listen to any of the other episodes, you know I was pretty dang excited about this one. I was hope I had high hopes going into it because I just love time travel. Anything that has to do with it, I'm a sucker for it. I just at, in any iteration, time travel is super interesting to me. And that brings us to Power Rangers Time Force. So, I'm going to kind of go through this the way I've been going through the last ones, where I'm going to go over a chunk of the plot and then talk about it with you guys. And this one's got a considerably longer plot than the rest of them, so bear with me just a little bit here, okay? And I'll announce what I'm doing, like when the voice change happens, but as we go on, you'll kind of be able to pick it up and you'll understand the differences in my voices when I'm discussing with you guys and when I'm reading from this paragraph. So, anyways, let's get going into the synopsis here. So, synopsis. In the year 3000, humankind has evolved into a utopia where a police organization called Time Force has tracked down every single criminal except for Rancic, who hijacks a prison full of cryogenically frozen convicts and escapes to the year 2001 in the hopes of altering the course of history, but not before fatally striking down the Red Time Force Ranger, Alex. The four Time Force officers responsible for Rancic's escape, including Alex's fiance Jen, pursue him through time and end up in the fictional city of Silver Hills, where they are acquainted with the 21st century by Wesley Collins, the son of a rich industrialist and a dead ringer for Alex, due to him being Alex's distant but di still direct ancestor. Despite Jen's initial reluctance, Wes eventually joins the team as the fifth member in the new Red Ranger. The Time Force Rangers both defend Silver Hills from the onslaught of Rancic's mutants and attempt to keep the original timeline from drastically altering. Okay, right? Pretty interesting. Alex and Jen, like, got engaged at the moment. Uh, like, the right at the beginning of the series, right before... Er, Right before Rancic's trial, or in the middle of Rancic's trial? It was right before Rancic's trial, like, outside of the courthouse, got engaged. God, that's boring. <laughs> so, um, yeah, not exactly the best story with that part, but I understand having to get us invested in their engagement, so we have to see it. So I definitely understand the reasoning behind it, but I'm not crazy about the forced feeling that it had alongside it. Um, and going through time to chase him, the cryogenically frozen convicts are kind of cool. It reminds me of the ghosts that are stored in the grid in Ghostbusters. Very fun concept, and I like that they are all just ready for him to utilize whenever... Because they, like, shrink them down and freeze them. So when he's able to utilize them and bring them back to their normal way instead of anything, you know, like he created this monster or he is the whole reason of being for this monster... Way, way better. I super enjoyed it. 
Um, Wesley was a very good way to follow up with the death of Alex. I think that was fun. That's... Um, you know, it him being a direct descendant of Alex makes for interesting storytelling. And also makes for interesting timey-wimey stuff. Because if you get into the timey-wimey nonsense essentially if he's a direct ancestor like that then any changing in his life could directly alter alex's life and could erase alex out of existence like super a thing so um i think it's interesting that they interact with him but not necessarily i don't like the lack of results from them interacting with him but he is a very good character and, you know, kind of hated on for being rich when the, you know, they just see that he's not Alex, so they judge him right away. So it's fun watching the rest of the team just kind of understand Wesley a little bit better. Anyways, more synopsis. Due to Wesley's estrangement from his father, the Time Force officers instead move into an abandoned clock tower in the middle of the city and begin operating a business named A Nick of Time Odd Jobs to get by. Wes soon finds that his father's overbearing determination to have him follow his footsteps and take over his company has become too much for him to bear, and he abandons his father to go live with the other rangers in the clock tower. Over time, Wes and Jen's relationship also blossoms and they begin to catch feelings for each other, although neither has the gall to admit it to the other. Uh, Nick of Time... So, Wes's estrangement from his father, we kind of see that happen. It's not due to this. It's when this happened in the show, it caused this to happen. Because in the show, he... uh, we watch him kind of fall away from his father more so and start shirking on his responsibilities to be a Time Force Ranger. Um, And his contributions to the team end up being mostly at his father's behest. You know, he finds this abandoned clock tower of his father's that looked like a holding of his father's and sets up shop there and tells these four other people that they can live there and then he he decides to move in there too so um very neat watching him still rely on him so much because I feel like that's kind of how it is when most people fight with their parents. They fight with them, but they still end up getting supported by them. So I I think that was a fun kind of underlying thing. While it may not have been intentional, it's what I picked up from it. So I enjoyed that. Um, A Nick of Time Odd Jobs was a very fun aspect of the story and a very interesting way to explain what they were doing where they were and whatnot. Um, especially having such a diverse team and having one or two members be aliens in one way or another. So that's not one way or another. There's only one way that you can be an alien. And that's not by being, that's by not being a human (laughs) and from another planet. (laughs) Um, and Wes and Jen falling for each other. 
was something that was very obviously coming. We knew that was coming from the moment he looked exactly like Alex. So that was no surprise to anybody. Synopsis. West soon discovers that Rancic's deep-rooted hatred for humans is a manifestation of his origin as a disfigured mutant shunned by the rest of the genetically perfect population. Rancic displays extremely impressive combat skills throughout the series, but his biggest weakness is his constant need to take a vial of special serum to prevent turning into a mutant permanently. West notes Rancic's potential capacity for kindness, such as his affable treatment of his daughter Nadira, but the rest of Time Force officers are fully committed to bringing in Rancic at all costs. Very compelling story for Rancic starting off. Um, he is part of the society where they have figured out that they don't need people to procreate anymore they can make the perfect child for you and it's kind of evolved like how krypton did in the man of steel um to where they're just making babies the not fun way they're just engineering babies and he spilled onto like a grate and kind of warps his body and makes him this creature-esque kind of thing and he's got like all the scar tissue all over him and people are afraid of him and they run from him whenever they see him. And then he stumbles upon this scientist who has a bunch of this serum that he gives him to help him. And Rancic's like, oh, do you have more of this? He's like, yeah, I got it all over there. And he just ends him. Well, not ends him. He ends up becoming... Uh, Frax, who then, we're going to talk about Frax in a little bit, but Frax ends up sabotaging him, which is a lot of fun. Um, and also his compassion, there's an episode where Nadira, his daughter, thinks that the Blue Ranger is trying to make a move on her, and she's all about it. So Rancic takes him off to the side and like, Gives him a bunch of things to give her on the date. And um, he even gets into a fight with the Rangers and is like yelling at his minions that are attacking the Blue Ranger. It was a good time. Um, definitely a more complex villain. He's just not flat evil. Like, there's more to him, which made him a wildly interesting character. And that's what I've always felt like. Super Sentai, it seems like, does a lot better than Power Rangers. The Rangers' mission is complicated by the introduction of the Silver Guardians, a new business venture by Mr. Collins to protect customers who pay for the Guardians' services. At the same time, Mr. Collins discovers that Wes is a Time Force Ranger and tries to offer him the position as a commander of the Guardians, which Wes refuses. One of the Guardians, Eric Myers, a former prep school classmate of Wes, discovers the Quantum Controller Box, becomes the Quantum Ranger, seizes control of the Quantasaurus Rex, and is put in command by Mr. Collins of the the Silver Guardians. Long resentful of Wes's privileged position in life, he remains aloof and distant from the other rangers and operates independently of them. So they definitely took my notes about liking the Magna Ranger. <laughs> Obviously, they came into the future to take my notes with this Time Force technology. Then went back in time to make sure that this, this Quantum Ranger 
was kind of dickish, like the Mag- Magna Ranger, which he super was, and it made him very good uh, to to watch. It makes you enjoy him more because he's against the team, against the team, against the team, against the team, against the team. And then eventually he wedges his way into the team and he's part of the team. So I like that his arc is not liking Wes because Wes is too privileged and he knows Wes is being the spoiled kid and everything. So uh, very, very well-written story for Eric Myers. And he's just, he's very, yes, sir. And he sold that he was the, you know, the militia version of a Power Ranger. And when he eventually comes over to help them out, it's a good time. <clears throat> Rancic's robotic underling, Frax, grows deranged and breaks away from Rancic, destroying all his vials of serum in the process. A desperate Rancic ransacks Mr. Collins' company, Biolab, to acquire their supply of the newly developed serum, and in the process, severely injures Mr. Collins, leaving him in a critical condition. This development causes the sudden arrival of Alhelix, who intends to set history straight. He resumes command as the Red Time Force Ranger, informing Wes that his father will die the next day. Wes makes a series of questionable decisions, battling Frax's powerful creation Dragontron while a resigned West briefly takes over command of his father's business. The Rangers, unable to stand by Alex's leadership any longer, mutinize and force him to give West back the Red Time Force Morpher. West leads the Rangers to a resounding victory over Dragontron, while Alex uses technology from the future to save Mr. Collins' life. Alex returns to the future, respectful of West's role as leader of the Time Force. Um, the Frex Conclusion, very good when you find out that he was this guy that Rancic took advantage of, and this is his ultimate revenge on him, was finally ridding him of the serum that he used to kill the scientist, that he ended up being the reason that he killed this scientist. So I like the way that he kind of came back full circle at him and definitely wasn't something that I saw coming in any form, in any stretch of the imagination. Um, the Lightspeed team-up was kind of fun. They came to fight Vipera, um, and at the end there was a puke moment where everyone switched jackets because they wanted each other to have their jackets. So that was just kind of boring, but eh, what have you. And then suddenly the episode after that, the Rangers had their white uniforms again when they needed them. Anyways. That's my grievance with that. <laughs> um, and Wes and Alex, the fight between Wes and Alex for the Red Ranger spot is interesting. Alex comes back kind of as a jerk and just kind of rude towards everyone. And flippant and trying to take command and it's not worth it and the look on Jen's face when finding out he's been alive this whole time and not responding or not letting her know alright one last part here 
of synopsis. And then we're just talking about the show, I promise. Toji is a long synopsis for this one. Ransick eventually tracks down Frax and reprograms him to be his completely subservient robotic slave. Frax creates a new fighting machine, Doomtron, which rains destruction on Silver Hills and sends most of the city's infrastructure spiraling into his time-space vortex. Upon hearing from Alex that their fate was doomed, Wes forcibly returns the other four rangers to the year 3000 for their safety, leaving him and Eric to try to desperately defend Silver Hills from both Doomtron and Ransick. Eric is severely injured by a slightly damaged Cyclobot and hands the Quantum Morpher over to Wes, who is the city's last hope. Alex tries to wipe the memories of the year 2001 from the four officers, but they rebel once again and choose to go back in time to help Wes, which culminates with Jen returning to Alex their engagement ring. The reunited Rangers destroy Doomtron along with Frax, but find themselves overmatched against the awesome power of Ransack. Ransack attempts to deliver the finishing blow to Jen, but accidentally strikes Nadira, an act which horrifies him and causes him to repent. He turns himself in and the four Time Force officers, their mission complete, return to their own time, but not before Jen and Wes finally confess their feelings to each other. Wes agrees to his father's revised proposal to become the head of the Silver Guardians, who now provides their services freely, with the condition that he has Eric working alongside him as a co-commander. All right. Really liked the redemption arc for Mr. Collins. He's kind of rude and penny-pinching the whole time and just worried about how he can make his next buck. And then in the last episodes in the final, you know, the two or three episodes that were the last episodes, he flips his script a bunch and he's trying to help random people on the street and using the little resources that are readily available for him for that. Um, very, very good redemption for Mr. Collins, for someone who you're actively kind of rooting against the whole story. So very good um, with that. And Wes making everyone leave was such a hard decision for him. You see the pain in his face while he's doing it, and he still has to, so he can try to save his friends. Very, very, very compelling. I couldn't get enough of that part. Um, and Eric and Wes finally working together for the first time when everything's going wrong is kind of fitting for the way that those two quarrel with each other. Um, and yeah, no, is uh, interesting. Um, all right, it's time to air my grievance because it's the big thing on my mind right now. When you refer to, mm, when you have time travel as your primary theme, you got to follow some of the rules of time travel. All right. Especially when you're going in the past like that to a fixed event, you shouldn't be staying there because staying there can cause serious repercussions to the timeline with just the littlest part, like, I don't know, the butterfly effect taught us because it's the butterfly effect. So the littlest thing can change it. So why are they 
staying in this time? Why aren't they going in, being precise, and leaving? I feel like that's definitely the way better option. And they just kind of ignored it the whole time. Um, any interactions with Wes would be catastrophic for Alex, even if he is, even if he was dead in the future, might make Alex not even exist. So, <sighs> just, uh, just those are my big grievances with the show because I'm just a time travel nut. So anything that has to do with time travel, I am super on top of. The good things. We had a Pink Ranger leader, and it was the best. She was so good. She was tough. She was concise. She was a, a, a bitch when she needed to be, and in all the best ways. She was so good. Um, I could absolutely go for more of Jen Scott running a team, because she's so good at it. Um... Let's see, what were they called? The Chrono Sabers. Those are probably my favorite weapons. I enjoyed those. The Zords were kind of underwhelming for me. The Time Force Megazord. Uh, Jet Mode, Mode Red, Mode Blue. Eh. The Shadow Force Megazords. I like that it was different colors for the different modes for the Megazord. So, like, red and blue kind of feel like they're on equal footing. Because they both have their own Megazord modes. So I, I did like that. But definitely the best Zord of the season goes to the Quantasaurus Rex. Homeboy was like fucking shaking around all over the place. I was shaking, but I know you can't see me. And he was he was a lot of fun to watch. Every time he was out, I, I ended up being gravitating towards him. And I like that it kind of came back full circle to where we have the Red Ranger with the Tyrannosaurus again. Granted, it's the Quantum Ranger, but he's essentially the Red Ranger, if you look at him. Um, yeah, I really liked the Quantasaurus Rex. This is definitely the awesome one as far as the Zords. Um... Rancic and Deera, I really liked them. I enjoyed the way that they uh, fed off of each other whenever they would be. Um, kind of conversing with each other, just like the um, the way they'd enable each other, essentially. It was very good stuff. I... All being said, it was a really good, really good season. Um, Jen Scott's definitely my favorite ranger. Although Trip was a close second because Trip is an alien with a diamond on his head. So definitely a lot of racism hints his way. Um, yeah. Uh, Katie was pretty cool too. She was the super strong alien. So she was... Uh, always fun to watch trying to figure out how to rightfully control her powers, but still show off a little bit. Um, but yeah, no good rangers this time. 
Uh, Lucas, the Blue Ranger, just super vapid, staring at himself all the time. <laughs> um, suit designs were pretty neat. I, I gotta say, it goes to... Oof. I think it goes to yellow for the suit design, actually. It's thinking blue, but I think it goes to yellow. Because it's a dope-looking suit. I just dig it with the club on the end of it. Mm. Well, folks, this is the second time I've recorded this podcast. So I'm going to start wrapping her up here. Because I'm a little tired and I want to go to bed. So... (laughs) That being said, again, reminder, tomorrow's episode, Umbrella Academy, probably just Umbrella Academy Season 1. I'm going to try to rewatch some of it to get in the mode. Um, make sure you check out A Token Guide to Surviving the Apocalypse, 420-friendly show that I do. I post about it on my Facebook, or you can find it on YouTube by searching Barely Allen. Um, the link will be in the description here for my Facebook where I post when I'm going to be doing that show and when I post when I'm posting a new episode for this. Also going to be doing the movie commentary tracks, so make sure you hit me up on something and give me some recommendations because we're going to submerge into it. All right. And on that note, folks, I want to thank everyone for coming out. I appreciate every one of you that comes out and graces me with your unique play because it means the world to me. It really does. And it means the world to my ratings. (laughs) Um, Thank you all for coming out tonight. I appreciate you listening to my nonsense rambling. And until next time, may the power protect you. Thank you very much.